This lake is called the Hulimau Lake. It's one of the uh, newly resurrected lakes of Bengaluru. In the last uh, five years, nearly 50 to 100 lakes of Bengaluru have been resurrected. So are we also sitting on what would have been a lake? Most likely. If not the lake, the lake bund for sure. You've said that over the past five years, there's been a lot of revival. So how is that work going around? Are you satisfied with what the local bodies here are doing? Uh, how's it? How's it been? So there are two things that need to be done to revive any lake. One is to, the most important one is to stop any sewage inflows. Mm. Most of the sewage comes into the lake, making the lake unusable. Yeah. Unfortunately, the criticism has been that too much emphasis is placed on the aesthetics of it, making it into a walking place and, you know, park, rather than protecting the natural uh, diversity of the place. So that has been one criticism. But the Municipal Corporation has been doing a really good job, I would say, especially in the last five years. At one level, an MLA is not really responsible for the road dug up outside your house. Yes. Is it, you know, fair for citizens to sort of go vote thinking about the road dug up outside their house? It's as fair as going to a cardiologist when you have a broken leg, right? You go to an orthopedic, not a cardiologist. So. The MLAs are, most of the time, the lampposts, they don't actually have any independent thinking or vision. Mm. Barring a few, I will never say all of them. So, they are seen more as a party's representative. Mm. You know, Indira Gandhi used to famously say that if even lamppost stands on my name, it will win. I find it contradictory because as a city, Bangalore is also really known for a lot of citizens' activism, <laughs> right? Like, there, there's this activism around everything. So, how do you, uh, how do we understand this, this? Lack of participation, but also like stellar activism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is more activism when there is more problems. That's <laughs> <laughs> There's always a lot of conversation around the money in Karnataka. How much money goes into this election, you know? What is your, what is your observation been when it comes to money and the role it plays? Money, uh, influence of money in Karnataka elections has been dramatically increasing. Particularly in Bengaluru, which is a real estate cash cow, right? The politics of Bengaluru are politics of real estate. That we must be so the PM. Couples. That, that must, must be the PM. PM. It's one o'clock. Right on time. Like yeah, a mini helicopter. Mini helicopter on this our This is like an NL kind of thing. You should do this. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another election show. We are here today with Srinivas Salavali. He is an activist. He's been a citizens activist for about 15 years in Bengaluru. He has co-founded the group Citizens for Bengaluru. And you would have heard his name and you would have seen coverage uh, about him, especially on major issues like the steel flyover. That's one of the campaigns you spearheaded. A lot of campaigning around public transport. And we're here today at JP Nagar, which is an extension of Jayanagar. And I was told that we're going to go to a beautiful lake. <laughs> well, not that, but you said, let's go talk next to a lake. And I was imagining a large, nice, lovely water body and we'd sit next to it. But it's not really a lake, it's a marshland. And we found a little nursery, Abdul's nursery, close to the lake. So we're just going to sit here and chat. If it's a little noisy, it's because we're very close to the road. So bear with us. Welcome Srinivas, thank you thank so much you. for taking thank out the time. Thank you for coming here all the way. <laughs> yeah, you were saying not many media people come here. Nobody comes here. Okay. Most of these things happen in the central business district of Bangalore. It's more convenient. Yeah, right in front people. of the Vidhan Sauda. Yes. That's usually the beautiful yes. uh, visuals that you get from. Tell us about this lake, we're right in front of it and it's not really what I would call lake. 
<laughs> yes, I wish uh, you had come here three months earlier or after four months because you will see a lot of water here. This lake is called the Hulimau Lake. It's one of the uh, newly resurrected lakes of Bengaluru. In the last uh, five years, nearly 50 to 100 lakes of Bengaluru have been resurrected. They've all been dead and gone. And uh, Bengaluru actually has a long history of interconnected lakes mm. because uh, of the elevation that Bangalore stays in and the rainfall that we get, plenty of it. From the Kimpegowda time onwards for centuries, Bangalore has a history of tanks, which we now call lakes. Mm. And all these tanks are cascading because of the difference in the height. They put the drains from one lake to another lake. Mm. So two things happen. Some of these lakes have been uh, occupied by the government and yep. converted into bus stations, uh, football stadium, stadium where you are staying somewhere near there, mm -hmm. uh, Kantirawa Stadium was a lake. Okay. So there were many, many of these lakes that became public uh, assets and the interconnecting drains mm -hmm. have been encroached upon by the real estate sharks. Okay. So these are the things that happened in Bengaluru and which is why last year when we had the big flood mm -hmm. in one of the areas of Bengaluru, you saw all these million dollar homes submerged on the water because they are built on these lakes and the, the drains that connect them. So are we also sitting on what would have been a lake? Most likely, if not the lake, the lake bund for sure. There is a National Green Tribunal, NGT's uh, rules that say that 60 meters from the edge of the lake, you cannot have construction. Mm. So we are definitely less than 60 meters. So this is a protected area as per the law. But then this is the same situation in every city of India. Most of the lakes and water bodies have been encroached upon, real estate has come in, you can see the skyscrapers all around you, right? This is what is happening. But in the last 10 years, uh, thanks to a lot of citizen activism and participation, so this lake, for example, has been revived by the local citizens oh, by wow. working with the municipal corporation. So all of us have been part of such efforts. Because of that, the encroachments have reduced. I wouldn't say stopped, but reduced. How would you, and you've said that over the past five years, there's been a lot of revival. So how is that work going around? Are you satisfied with what the local bodies here are doing? Uh, how's, it, how's it been? So there are two things that need to be done to revive any lake. One is to, the most important one is to stop any sewage inflows. Hmm. Most of the sewage comes into the lake, making the lake unusable. Yeah. Otherwise, lake is a repository of rainwater, as simple as that. But if the sewage comes into it, then the rainwater loses its uh, character and the lake is unusable. So blocking the sewage from entering the lake is one big part of the work. Most difficult work and expensive work. Mm -hmm. The second part is protecting the boundary of the lake. You see yeah. the fence and the walking bun and making it into a public space. So more people are around it. When there are more people, less uh, sharks will come there because mm -hmm. they think that uh, somebody is going to complain and somebody is going to watch. So that is happening. Unfortunately, the criticism has been that too much emphasis is placed on the aesthetics of it, making it into a walking place and, you know, park, rather than protecting the natural uh, diversity of the place. So that has been one criticism. But the municipal corporation has been doing a really good job, I would say, especially in the last five years. So we're in the middle of election season and Bangalore is going to vote on May 10th. Uh, and, you know, when you're talking to a lot of voters here, especially when we've been talking to not just in Bangalore, but even you know south of Karnataka when you move around to cities and towns. Uh, and especially for Bangaloreans, the big thing is always the roads are bad, there are potholes. Civic amenities seem to be the you know foremost thing that every voter is talking about, especially here. But at one level, 
and MLA is not really responsible for the road dug up outside your house. Yes. So how do you view this, and is it you know fair for citizens to sort of go vote thinking about the road dug up outside their house? Is that even a valid expectation? It's as fair as going to a cardiologist when you have a broken leg, right? Okay. You go to an orthopedic, not a cardiologist. So. But you can't really blame the people also because the civics education in this city, in this country and the political literacy is quite low. Hmm. It's dominated by certain personalities, media narratives around it and you guys cover media like nobody else does, right? So in my humble opinion, the media doesn't do a good job of explaining to people what is the role of an elected representative. Hmm. What does the L stand for in MLA? Hmm. If you do a survey in this country, I, I would get that guess that 90% would not know that L stands for legislative, mm. right? That is the job of the, uh, yeah. you know, the, the EU parliament, European Union parliament has just passed a law on regulating AI, mm. artificial intelligence. As we know, AI is taking over the world and they're worried about what it can mean to the country. So what happens, the legislature kicks into action, discusses and debates, brings in experts, knows what's happening and then puts regulations in place so AI doesn't, you know, go out of control, right? And this is the job of a legislator. The equivalent of that in India is the MPs and the MLAs. Mm, this exactly. is what we need to do. How do you protect the lakes? We need laws mm. around construction in the lakes, right? Mm. But nobody is bothered about that. The MLAs are most of the time the lampposts. They don't actually have any independent thinking or vision, mm. barring a few, I will never say all of them. So they are seen more as a party's representative. Hmm. You know, Indira Gandhi used to famously say that if even lamppost stands on my name, it will win. Election. And I think that's also very true for uh, elections here also. Yeah. Because some people at least just talk about Modi and what he's done for yeah. the country. It happens everywhere <laughs> and it's, it's getting worse in my opinion here. If people are saying, it doesn't matter who the candidate is, we must make somebody else prime minister, somebody else chief minister. And that's the perversion of democracy because in our constitution, in our electoral system, you don't elect the prime minister, you don't elect the chief minister, you elect the MLA or the MP. Hmm. And the constitution doesn't even mention the political party as an entity, right? But the importance of the legislature, member of parliament, member of a legislative assembly is lost on people. Young people, first time voters, I find, are more interested, more curious about it. What is the role of MLA, they ask. How is it different from an MP? How is it different from a municipal corporator? corporator. Who's so, actually responsible for the roads outside yeah, your house? Because MLAs don't really have much job to do because the party leaders or party decides everything. Yeah. They tend to get into the civic issues yeah. and they act like a glorified municipal councillor. So this makes people think that, oh, this is the guy that I need to go to when there is a civic problem. So it's a vicious circle that we need to break out of and hopefully Media can do a good job of, uh, you know, bringing people out of it. There, 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 there is an increasing awareness about politics in this country now. If we were to talk about MLAs of Bangalore, yes. the area, uh, what would you say should be the top priorities for the city, for the whole district actually? Uh, there are so many things that they need to do. The reason why Bengaluru is the way it is, is because of the explosive growth that we have seen, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the city was a small, sleepy town, pensioners, paradise, garden city, a city of public institutions, Indian Institute of Science, you know, the kings and British cantonment, all of that. Come 90s, IT comes, boom, right? Now, the latest numbers are 1.6 million people in the city. That's a lot. And originally, how many would have, what was the city built for? 
maybe 40 to 50 lakhs. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we are three times bigger than Singapore. Mm. We are, we, you can combine Switzerland and Ireland and Greenland and we're bigger than that. If Bengaluru was a country, it would be bigger than three, four other countries, right? It's that big. But the governance institutions are not there. We still have a municipal corporation and the water tanks are coming from someone else. So the electricity is coming from someone else. They don't talk to each other. So the governance structure where all these agencies report to a, a mayor, which is, you know, a mayor should be the public representative of the city. It doesn't exist. Hmm. The mayor does exist, but doesn't have any powers. Power. Mayor has no powers over the electricity or the water or the bus. Hmm. The mayor deals with the roads. That too, the major roads are given to state government. So even when the city corporation owns roads, not all roads are owned by them. So this kind of lack of clear ownership makes it very difficult for citizens to hold anyone accountable. Mm. I come to you, you say, no, no, it's her problem. She will say, no, no, it's that guy's problem. Mm. So who do you go to? Where do you go to? Right. So this is the governance reform needed. So what is the job of MLA? To make laws for the state, right? To make legislation. So this is the legislation MLA should do. In my opinion, all the 28 MLAs, we have 28 MLAs, Manisha. Hmm. Out of 224, 28 come from one city, Bangalore. That's more than 10%. Yeah. Regardless of which party you are from, we both can be from two different parties. But if you are both MLAs, it is our responsibility to work together on, on the improving the yeah. governance of city. So that should be the number one priority. Planning, coordination, governance structure, powers to the ward councillors and the mayor, how different departments work with each other. What is the next five-year plan? How do you make it run in the next three years? These are the things that the MLAs can do. And the civic body or the municipal corporation has to focus on day-to-day -day execution and providing the amenities and services. So this is the MLA's job. I'm sorry to say that most of the MLAs don't do this. and probably not even aware that they have this kind of power. The MLAs have tremendous power to change the future of the city, but they probably are not even aware of it and they're not working towards it. And how long have you been in the city? Have you born and brought up here or you've been... I've been here about 17 years. Okay. Now, the city is also famous for being a little apathetic when it comes to voting. Like some of the percentages are pretty bad. What explains that? Because I find it contradictory because as a city, Bangalore is also really known for a lot of citizens' activism, <laughs> right? Like there, there's this activism around everything. So how do you, uh, how do we understand this? this Lack of participation, but also like stellar activism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is more activism and there is more problems. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to explain it. But Bangalore has a rich tradition of activism and participation in governance for 20, 30 years now. Yeah. Uh, many people have done that. In fact, even the from the old, um, you know, the Mysore uh, kingdom, yeah. much before, you know, during the British rule and the, when there is, we are under the royalty of Mysore. Even then, the Mysore kings encouraged public participation in governance, especially in the Mysore region of Karnataka, right? So it has that, that history and tradition, all of that. And now, because of social media and exposure to many of the people in Bengaluru have been to other countries and, and many, many people in Bengaluru work on governance in other countries because of the IT industries. Okay. Bengaluru runs many cities, <laughs> not just Bengaluru, right? Actually, not Bengaluru, but other cities. Other cities may stop working if Bengaluru shuts down, right? It's okay. that big. But voting, right? So there are two reasons for it. There is definitely apathy. There's a lot of uh, feeling that doesn't matter who comes to power, nothing is going to change. 
my vote doesn't matter because people are going to vote based on caste lines or money and things like that. But one of the reasons why our numbers are low mm. uh, compared to you know other rest of the state is because, uh, and I sincerely believe this, is the inflated voter list. Okay. We actually don't have a good voter list. So if the baseline is wrong, mm. if it says so, what happens is that you think of a kid who is uh, grows up in Rajasthan or Haryana or something, moves to Bengaluru, mm. and then stays with a, you know, PG paying guest, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Accommodation with other kids, mm. gets a voter ID because mm. that's an ID to do other things in the city get, to get a license get other amenities, or other amenities yeah. card. Mm. Now moves into an apartment basically. in mm. another area, mm. and then buys another house in some other area, and gets another voter ID. So each person has two or three voter IDs. Oh. The earlier one doesn't get cancelled. Actually, by law, you're supposed to say that I've now moved from A to B, so A should be cancelled. That never happens. So because of it, there's a good 20% inflation, inflation of the voter. Of the voter list. And imagine the number of people moving to Bangalore. And a lot of people that move into Bangalore are from other parts of Karnataka. Hmm. Contrary to popular imagination, a lot of migration to Bangalore is from other parts of Karnataka. Hmm. Right. And they, what do they do? They go back to their town and vote. Okay. Nearby towns. That happens to Andhra and Tamil Nadu because they are all we are all very close to these other states. So they prefer to go to the other places and vote also. And and sometimes people come from very far away places. It's difficult for them to relate to local politics. They relate to the day-to-day -day life, but not to the local, local politics. politics. When you see the parliament elections, they get excited. When you see the local elections, maybe not so. So I think these are the reasons. So when you see when you hear a number from Bengaluru. Always take it with a pinch of salt that the, the baseline denominator is not correct. And then we have all kinds of duplicate names, Manisha Pandey, Manish Pandey, you know, names will be broken like that. There needs to be a errors, proper culling out of... Uh, culling out and, the, and there's a lot of work errorism. has been done, again by activists on this. And election commission, I must say, have been doing some decent job in this cycle. So this year we'll see. We're all hoping that we'll hit 60% this time. But we have to see. And you have been an activist all your life, or you? Uh, how did you get into activism? I, I actually started my journey with politics. I oh. started in a political party uh, called Lok Satta Party. Okay. It was some, okay. Somebody started in Hyderabad, yeah, 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 yeah. Jay So we were all thinking that we will transform this country. <laughs> so that was way back in 2009 and 10. That's okay. when uh, we participated in the election. And we, we, we lost badly and we had to close the operations and all of that, but we would like to make this excuse that if our party has started after WhatsApp has been invented, we would have done better because <laughs> we were, you know, ahead of times before all of these things come in. Mm. So, yeah, so the, my experience begins from there. I thought that a lot of people anyway work in activism. So let me work on helping good candidates mm. and all these civic activists that you mentioned, they are our candidates. So people like me were campaigning for them, creating campaign strategies for them and doing all of that. They got good 10% vote back into the 10 years ago in the same election. Five of our candidates got an average of 10% vote. Okay. Some of them are standing now on Amadmi Party and other as independent other parties. But uh, you know, 10% vote was not bad for the, those times in 2013. But and, and then, then I moved into, into steel flyover beta and all okay. that. Um, but I, what were you? You were working as a software engineer. I was you working said so in, a, in a multinational company. I was working in California before, and I moved in here. In the, my same job, like many people do, Bangalore, Sal, San, Silicon Valley in California to Silicon Valley of India. So I'm one of those uh, reverse migrants, you can say. And uh, yeah, so after politics, I've been uh, 
more of a public transport activist with the, starting with the stale flyover beda and uh, suburban train which is a long pending dream of bengaluru we call it chukubuku beku okay uh, give us the train and because of citizens demand the project has been approved and now prime minister says it will be done in 40 months now i've given all the you think you think it'll be done in 40 months <laughs> uh, there are no signs like that right now but him saying it is powerful because that let least motivate some people to get done we and have the metro in, law, in some measures solve the traffic problem or the the load that the you know roads have absolutely, in bangalore absolutely so bangalore traffic is been uh, international news and it is the brand bangalore right the traffic yeah. notorious traffic jams but having lived here for so many years and worked on these campaigns i can say that the city is heading in the right direction mm. you you where we met earlier that's the metro construction going on suburban is coming up and uh, you know uh, the the situation is going to be better in the next coming years only challenge is the as we do all this more and more people are moving in hmm. more every day 2000 vehicles are being registered in city 2000 oh, okay wow so you know it's a problem that you cannot solve if you keep on adding that yeah. so we need lot more people to switch to public transport unlike delhi and mumbai hmm. bengaluru doesn't have a mass public transport system other than the bus which is the lone bahubali that carries all the weight of bengaluru's uh, public, transport. public transport but the number of buses haven't changed from 2013 to now we had wow. the same number of buses in 2013 same number of buses in 2023 you ask what can mls do this is what they can do they can get more budget for more buses improving the bus network unlike the metro or the suburban train the bus can come to this street mm, right exactly. so you need more buses smaller buses this has not happened this is one of the biggest problems only mls can solve this because that transport comes under state government So last two questions uh, one is when we talk about what can MLAs do and the i think that's the chopper i can hear yeah. the prime minister's landing so uh, if you guys can hear that i think it's the prime minister landing it's going to be he's doing a road show today uh, a 10 km long long road show it was supposed to be about 26 km in one day but then they've uh, divided it into two days now it's going to be on saturday now it's going to be on saturday and sunday so he's going to be doing a road show from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock so actually my first question to you should be Uh, because there's been a lot of controversy around the road show i think a lot of people are anxious about the kind of traffic snarls it may cause because i think traffic is anyway one of the most you know anxiety causing aspects of living in bangalore what are the whatsapp conversations been like uh, oh. or or among people that you know For, yeah because i live in the area where the prime minister's landing you could Jai hear Nagar. the helicopter right yeah jp nagar yeah. so um the you know now we have whatsapp groups in the in the upper middle class and the these residential communities everybody is on 14 whatsapp groups right and then the problem was that there was a bit of confusion around where it is when mm. it is which day it is What there route? is a neat exam apparently uh, tomorrow and then there is this mega road show that passes through every part of bengaluru so there have been so many maps so amateurs creating maps <laughs> <laughs> uh, the party creating maps mm. police has been little quiet usually the bangalore traffic police very clearly advertises Sorry. this is where is happening and these are the things and all of that so because of this there's been confusion okay are we supposed to do this are we not supposed to so this generated more of this than the you know the excitement that you would expect to see a, a visit from a prime minister of a country right and they chose to go through the smaller localities and not the the you know the main streets the thoroughfares of bengaluru and all of that right. so that's been that and a lot of anxiety because the police 
लोकल पोलिस स्टेशन व्हाट्सएप मैसेजेस टू कम्युनिटीज नॉट अलाउड टू बी ऑन टेरस कैनॉट सी फ्रॉम द बैल्कनी What? Some of these rules make no sense yeah. to us. So then there's every point they put in that little PDF that gets scanned invariably and then forwarded. There's a discussion about it in the WhatsApp. And somebody will say, "No, this is fake. This is not new news. You can't believe it. Wait until the paper comes tomorrow." So this has been the conversation. That's Are people largely on. supportive of it, or you'd say there's mixed uh, bag? In my own timeline, I've seen people like, "Do we really need to do this?" You know, and you know uh, the. who will who will um, participate in things like this other than the die hard fans and you know the, the and then if you want to go there you have to figure out where to go and even if out of curiosity you want to see the prime minister of the country you need to figure out where to get off and then go there and, and do all that and lot of these smaller roads have been blocked off you know because you know they i guess they're trying to streamline the traffic in my area where i live lot of little little streets have been cordoned off so that kind of conversation is going on but there is a lot of excitement too about the visit so okay so last question uh, when we talk about elections i think this election lots of um, unconnected things have entered the discourse you know you had nrc make an entry you had kerala story also make an entry yesterday then of course the usual uh, tipu sultan stuff like that and you know the bickering between congress and you know congress would say bjp doesn't care about kannadiga pride BJP would say that they don't care about the nation, so there's a lot of bickering around that. Uh, how do you view these conversations around elections? Because invariably, the media attention also goes towards that. Yeah. And uh, what do you think should be the conversation? Again, we can hear. I think the chopper is now closed by. <laughs> Maybe there are two choppers coming. There are four. <laughs> four choppers coming. You sure? Yeah, yeah. Okay. My my kids were watching it yesterday all day. <laughs> they giving me updates huh. yeah so manisha this election is the karnataka vidhan sabha election of 2023 karnataka is one of the biggest states of india it's the biggest contributor to the gdp of this country largest number of people live here it has a great history and culture and tradition of its own and there are 5 crore voters in this state the future of next 5 years is on at stake Every year, the annual budget of Karnataka government is three lakh crores. Hmm. Next five years, if you assume that three lakh crores will remain constant, that is fifteen lakh crores. Wow! This election is about how we are going to spend fifteen lakh crores of public money, so that all sections of our population can do better. Hmm. They can get better education, better healthcare. You know, the malnutrition is a big challenge in Karnataka. the lot of uh, girl students don't go beyond 10th grade they don't go into college we have lot of issues while we are very advanced and progressive state we also have lot of areas that we need improvement for i would like the election to be entirely focused on these things that make karnataka better that that give an opportunity to every child in karnataka finally the chopper that must be the pm that must be the pm
Okay, enough already. Okay, so and this selection this should, this there's also like a, like <laughs> a random mini helicopter. Mini helicopter on this our is end. like an NL kind of thing. You should do this. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get it? <laughs> so, finally, uh, no, you were saying so the election has to be yeah, about let education. Me the thought yeah. on that. So, so <laughs> 15 lakh crores of public money, 224 MLAs. It's a very small number of people that need to decide that. So I hope more, more and more people of Karnataka understand what is at stake here and not get involved in things that are beyond the state. Mm -hmm. NRC, UCC, Kerala files, we are neighboring state to Kerala, but let's not worry about Kerala in this election. <laughs> this election is about Karnataka and particularly about what happens to the children of Karnataka. Political parties uh, try to divert the attention of voters because they don't have much else to say. It, it's, it's either promises about things or it's about, you know, uh, this kind of uh, fringe issues that they hope to attract a small set of voters towards them and hijack the narrative around it. So, but I'm hoping that as time progresses, thanks to social media and all the, you know, uh, digital media news outlet, there is increased awareness about what is really at stake. What should be the way in which you decide how to analyze candidates? There is more websites today than five years ago on the history of candidates. Oh God, one more, sorry. Your, your children are right. There are four helicopters. We found it three. We are guessing that's the Prime Minister's cavalcade, but we don't know. But that's a guess. Yeah, so Karnataka elections must be about Karnataka and uh, yeah. we different people try to uh, hijack the narrative and bring various things into it. But uh, I can say that uh, compared to five years ago, there is a lot more awareness. Media you were saying. There's a lot more yeah. awareness thanks to all the new media that has emerged and, and creating these conversations. And a lot more people ask me, how do I know more information about the candidate? That's great. I'm involved in some, um, you know, campaigns to increase the awareness in first-time voters. Uh, some uh, young people are going to colleges and talking about what is at stake. Mm. And when I write posts about difference between MLA and corporator, there's a lot of interest in it. Like great. mainstream media writes about it too. Okay. So this, all these things give me hope that things are changing. In the rural areas, awareness is a lot better. Yeah, always. That's, that's always the case in every election. Yeah. People, because I think they genuinely understand how dependent they are actually on who they elect and, and politics. Absolutely. I think for urban city dwellers, you can just, you know, your life can just go on, yeah, whether right. it's whichever party, whichever MLA comes. But I think in rural areas, yeah. that connect is way closer. Just one last quick question, if you can just tell us. There's always a lot of conversation around the money in Karnataka. How much money goes into this election, you know? Right after the model code uh, conduct takes, uh, you know, is put in place, there's immediately there's almost you can sense that there's this money floating around. What is your what is your observation been when it comes to money uh, and the role it plays? Money uh, influence of money in Karnataka elections has been dramatically increasing, particularly in Bengaluru, where, which is a real estate cash cow. Right, the politics of Bengaluru are politics of real estate, and that's why there is so much money flowing. So much is at stake. Uh, every project has commissions and corruptions and all of that. So, money in elections is humongous, but it is seen as a small investment for much bigger return. So, this is happening. 
and unfortunately this is a reality in many of the south indian states and having worked in the politics of say andhra pradesh and telangana in the past the money influence in karnataka is actually lesser than these other okay. states wow. but it is getting there fast so at the end of the day all parties are indulging in money yeah, politics yeah. so i'm hoping that it it cancels each other out <laughs> and it doesn't really make an impact on the bottom line but it is there and it's something to be worried about Great. Thank you so much, Shivanas, for taking out the so time much. for us. We're going to go Nisha. head to watch the Prime Minister's rally, his road show. It's not a rally. He's going to be waving uh, through this massive 10 South, kilometer. South Bengaluru. South Bengaluru. So we're going to try and catch some of the action. Crazy crowd, and I think you can see the crane that takes the images. That's the media cavalcade. Thank you for staying with us for this conversation. News laundry is possible because of our paying subscribers. We don't run corporate or government ads. You too can be part of changing the news model. Go to newslaundry.com/subscription. Be a part of the community that pays to keep news independent. For the smoothest news laundry experience, download our app, watch our shows, listen to our podcasts, read our reports, stay informed. Pay for news, protect democracy, save the world.